BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. You know, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that. Free. Switch to Pure Talk today and you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. Now, qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and, of course, mobile hotspot. Just go to puretalk.com slash Sean and claim your eligibility for free, your brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Again, it's puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N, and switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Hey, people ask me all the time, hey, what kind of gun should I get? I always tell them Henry Repeating Arms for a lot of reasons. They're made in America, family-owned business. They give you a lifetime warranty, over 200 models of rifles and shotguns that you get to choose from, all with the finest craftsmanship I've ever seen. Great performance, accurate right out of the box, and mine reliable ever since. Now, you start by ordering the free catalog at HenryUSA.com. They'll mail that with two decals and a list of dealers where you live. That's HenryUSA.com. Okay, winter is on the way, and if you listen to this show, you know there's only one product that I absolutely rely on when I get a sore throat or a scratchy throat, and that's the delicious Pine Brothers Softish Throat Drops. Now, it's the only throat drop that is ranked number one in throat coating action, number one. And I mean, you can literally feel it, that coating of your throat with their gum acacia, their plant glycerin, and of course, their delicious natural flavors. Now, they're amazing. My favorite is wild cherry and licorice. I also love the honey and licorice. Now, I've turned a lot of people onto Pine Brothers. You want to know the first three things that come out of their mouth? One, they're delicious. I can feel them coat my throat, and wow, they're soft, almost like a gummy bear. Yeah, I know they're soft. That's why they're called Pine Brothers Softish Throat Drops. Now, work with me, people. So this season, look, you're going to have some throat issues and do what I do to soothe my golden throat. I use Pine Brothers Throat Drops. You will love this product. It's worth every penny. You can find Pine Brothers at CBS, Select, Walmart, Target, ShopRite. Why? Because they are the best. Let not your heart be troubled. You are listening to the Sean Hannity Radio Show Podcast. Well, Nancy Pelosi, she survived. We ought to celebrate. Old, cold, and dull. And uh, no good ideas, and it's the same old, same old. And if that's the Democratic Party's direction, then let them let them stay there. That's my attitude. Glad you're with us. Eight hundred nine four one Sean. If you want to be a part of the uh, program here today, to me, there's only one big story today, and one that I think everybody should look at and say, "Wow." Now, you're going to say, "Well, Hannah, it's only thousand jobs. It's only a thousand. Well, those are a thousand families." Those are a thousand homes. That's likely a thousand cars that people will keep. And of course, I'm talking about carrier employees whose jobs were saved. Why? Because Donald Trump got on a phone. 
I, I don't know if I was allowed to tell you this. But I'm going to give you the backstory. Eric Trump, I was talking to not that long ago, and he told me he heard his father on the phone with both Ford and Carrier talking about not going to Mexico to bring the jobs. And he said, we'd really like you to stay here and we'd like to keep these jobs here. Anyway, so the negotiations went on. I can't think of a time in my lifetime where a president-elect or a president ever picked up a phone for a corporation and said, please stay, please, don't go. And that if you, if you do go because you want the cheap labor and Americans are going to be put out of work and then you want to just bring your, your air conditioners back here, it's going to cost you. So one way or the other. Now, some of you think, well, that's bullying. I heard somebody say that today. That's not bullying. It's, it, he, it's incentivizing things. He's saying, look, the corporate tax rate is going to go down. Regulations are going to dramatically shift. The environment to build here in America is going to be infinitely better. Hang on. Don't go. Help is on the way. And it's going to be better for you and better for the company and and better for the country. And he appealed to their patriotism as well, which is, is kind of a cool thing. And I'll tell you why. Because carrier employees, about a thousand of them, were about to lose their jobs. We actually have the audio tape when it was announced to the people that work at carrier. Now, imagine this is you. And your company that you worked for, and you're being told your job is leaving. It became clear that the best way to stay competitive and protect the business for long term is to move production from our facility in Indianapolis to Monterey, Mexico. Relocating our operations to Monterey will allow us to maintain high levels of product quality, high competitive prices, and continue to serve the extremely price-sensitive marketplace. I want to be clear, this is strictly a business decision. Yeah, business decision. So they can make cheap air conditioners with cheap labor in Mexico and then bring them back to the United States and sell them here because we'll be their biggest market. I'm sure Mexico would buy some some also. But um, so anyway, there is a guy, Robin Maynard, a 24 year uh, carrier employee, issued a heartfelt thank you to Donald Trump and Mike Pence during a Wednesday morning interview on the on Fox and Friends. And, and Steve Ducey did the interview. And he, when the news broke. That Trump had brokered this deal to prevent Carrier from moving a thousand jobs to Mexico. And Maynard told Fox and Friends and Steve Ducey that he's unbelievably grateful for Trump's intervention. He said, quote, I would like to tell them thank you for going out of your way, taking your time away from your family, working on the carrier and employees deal, sticking to your word and going to bat for all of us at Carrier so we can keep our jobs here. I'd like to thank Donald Trump and Mike Pence for doing it so quickly. And he added that he hadn't expected an announcement for three or four weeks. And we're, what, two days from a, a meeting with them, and they've already made their announcement. He said, I'm very excited, and I'd like to thank the president and vice president-elect, both of them personally, and shake their hands, hopefully tomorrow, because they're going on this tour tomorrow. We may be going to Cincinnati tomorrow. We haven't even fully, completely decided yet. Now, I'm just saying this, it's, you know, maybe not in your mind the biggest deal, 
to me, it's it's beyond symbolic. To me, a thousand American lives that were about to be dramatically altered for the worse in a horrible job market have now been given a stay of execution, basically. And they're going to get to hold on to their jobs with probably a greater appreciation than they've ever had. Hold on to their benefits. And I'm going to tell you one other thing. The next time I need an air conditioner, I'm buying a carrier air conditioner. I'm going to go out of my way. I won't even look at the cost. I'll just I'll buy a carrier air conditioner. You know, for all these years when I've been on radio and television, I remember back in my Huntsville days, I would talk about, I always try to buy American cars. And my wife, I guess once or twice, she got a different kind of car that wasn't American. I, I've always... I always get American cars. Now, you might argue, but well, hang on. You know, Honda's made in, in Tennessee and this. You know, I, I get it. But I still prefer American cars. Now, I know we can go all the way back to the 70s where Japanese cars were just made better than some of our American counterparts. That's not the case anymore. It's just not. And if it means more jobs for Americans, more money back in America, I that's the way I've always rolled and I buy the same car every three years and I call King O'Rourke Cadillac in Long Island I call my my guy who's been out there for all these years and I don't even have to say anything to him I'm just like can you bring over a new one and as he just drives over and picks it up I had a problem recently with a car he took it in and fixed it and he doesn't ever there's no questions and I'm like I don't know what the deal is because I know he looks out for me. He's a good guy. It's just the type of relationship. You know what? When I get my car serviced, I bring it to his place. When I need something, I call him. And um, I've just always felt that way. I think one of the saddest moments in my life was a number of years ago, and I discussed it on the air. I was driving through Detroit, Michigan. Now, you got to think back. This is Motown. This is one of America's greatest cities. This is where American ingenuity, you know, far exceeding the rest of the world, innovation, technology, the automobile on display for how many decades? Now, part of this, you can argue, is related to unions getting a little too greedy and taking too much. And maybe some of the corporations mistreated employees in the early days that resulted in the evolution into unions unions get more power than they deserve there was never the happy medium maybe that you needed and hopefully we all learn our lesson from that and you got i i love sharing corporate profits in some way profit sharing plans because then everyone's incentivized to do a good job everybody's in it together they do well everybody does well and that's kind of always the way that i work with my own employees if we do well i do, i what's coming in the next few days linda what is it? Father Christmas. Father Christmas Hannity's coming. Right. But uh, you know who got a, an increase this year is Ethan. He was at the low end of the bonus scale last year, so now he's up to full grade bonus. Because of the great work he does, right? Yeah. Okay. Preemptive thank you. You're preemptive thank you. Oh, okay. But the bottom line is, um, you know, we I'm blessed to have a great team. Like Linda goes to school. When are you getting your degree? I'm getting your degree soon, right? I graduate in two and a half weeks. All right. What did you get? A, a master's in what? It's an MBA. In Oh, okay. You got it's a an master's MBA. of business, business administration. And you own a restaurant. Not yet. Well, you're building one. I have a building. And I have a building. I just have a building. 
How much do I pay you while you're buying buildings? Listen, I had that long before you were in the picture. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, okay. I just think I help with the renovation of the building that has been going on for the last 18 years. There may have been some investments yeah. into the building. But anyway, long story short, I want all of my team to prosper here. I make I make decisions about going forward based on impact of other people. And you know that's true. Nodding your head on radio doesn't work. I, I, you know, listen, I like to give you the floor. You know, I want to make sure that I'm invited to speak. You, what know, do I you always, know me, I'm so. One of the lectures I give Lauren, all right, Lauren, you're like the youngest one here, except for Ethan, but you're the youngest one that can talk. Uh, I'm kidding. What do I always tell you to do with your money? Save it. And what do I tell you to do with your Christmas bonus? Save it. And what do I tell Jason to do with his Christmas bonus? Spend it at Coyote Ugly. No, I do. I, I said you can spend like a thousand dollars for the year. You know, spread it out, spread the fun out. I have a funny feeling a thousand dollars gone in a night. But anyway, so I'm really happy, and so I'm going to buy it. My next air conditioner is going to be a carrier. They're not an advertiser of the program. I'm happy these people have their jobs. I'm happy they're getting back to work. Some of them might have had to sell their homes and get rid of their new cars and trucks and. It would have altered their lives, their kids' lives, maybe had to pack up and move, and now they got their life back. You know, why do you think, you know, I know some of you got mad at me, would write me, I heard those statistics, Hannity, but there's 50 million people in poverty, 50 million in food stamps, 13 million more than when Obama became president. That is the forgotten man that I'm talking about. And I just think it's kind of refreshing that a president had took his, the time out of his day and said, okay, I'm going to pick up the phone, I'm going to call Carrier. Maybe he leaned on him a little bit. You know, maybe he didn't have to. Maybe they'd heard him on the campaign trail again and again and again saying, don't leave. I'll tell you what, I would go right now to Carrier, and I would say, I am going to work awfully hard. You're going to make air conditioners now in Mexico. You're going to get all of these 1,400 people that are being laid off. They're laid off. They were crying. They were. It was a very sad situation. You're going to go to Mexico. You're going to make air conditions in Mexico. You're going to put them across our border with no tax. I'm going to tell them right now I am going to get consensus from Congress, and we're going to tax you when those air conditions come. So stay where you are or build in the United States. And Carrier has to know that if they do that, and I'm not only speaking to them, I'm speaking to Nabisco and Ford and hundreds and hundreds of other companies. They have to know that there are consequences when you want to leave and fire all these people. And you're not just going to go to another country, make your product, sell it across our really weak borders because our borders are going to be so strong, folks. Our borders will be so strong. Believe me. Here's what's going to happen. Within 24 hours, I'll get a call, the head of carrier, and he'll say, Mr. President, we've decided to stay in the United States. All right? Like Thank you for... Uh going out of your way and taking your uh, holiday uh, away from your family and uh, working on the carrier and employees deal and uh, sticking to your word and going to bat for all of us at carrier and and keeping our jobs here and I'd like to thank him and Mike Pence for doing it so quickly I, I didn't expect an announcement probably for three or four weeks and we're, what, two days from them meeting with them, and they've already made their announcement. So I'm very ex excited about it and would like to thank both of them uh, personally and uh, shake their hands hopefully tomorrow and uh, get to meet them. 
I think that's pretty cool. I just do. All right, that's one of our stories today. A lot of other news that we're going to get to in the course of the day today. One of the things I like this, look, I don't know the Steve Munchen guy, but I did look at what they put out. They've sent out a communications briefing from the Brian Lanza sent it out from uh, the Donald Trump campaign. And everything that Manchin is talking about is a financier, decades of experience, financial money matters, et cetera, et cetera. But everything that they said was everything they said on the campaign trail. Pro-growth tax plan. Everyone's going to get a tax cut. Low-income Americans will pay no taxes at all. They don't pay any now. Probably fewer Americans will. There'll be more Americans that don't pay any income tax. You know, 50 percent of wage earners pay nothing. It's going to be an America first trade policy. He's going to get rid of all the regulatory framework, which is costing the economy two trillion dollars a year. They keep talking about. And I think this is a very key component to any successful economic recovery, unleashing American energy. You can create millions of new jobs doing that. It'll slash costs for consumers. Just like getting rid of Obamacare is going to be like a tax rebate for most Americans. You know, they also discussed the penny plan. Finally, somebody in Washington is talking about eliminating baseline budgeting. And I bet you Republicans end up trying to resist this, especially for, you know, non except for non-defense. I'm sorry, reducing non-defense, non-safety net spending one percent a year instead of increases built in four, five, six, seven, eight percent every year. I think all of that's going to be good for the economy. And, you know, if Donald Trump spends two hours when he becomes president just getting rid of regulations, burdensome regulations, well, that's going to probably unleash half of America's energy problems right there. I don't even think he's going to need a whole lot of legislation to move towards energy independence. One, I read a great article yesterday about if we ever move towards natural gas instead of oil to run our cars, it will be paying next to nothing a gallon because America is the Middle East of natural gas. And then we'd have the added bonus of creating jobs and producing more than we need and selling it to Western Europe so they're not so reliant on Vladimir Putin. Now, that's going to take a little bit of time to transition off. You still keep the combustion engine. I know the Providence Gas Company, Providence, Rhode Island, I bought one of their vans years ago, but it had earlier been run on gas, not on gasoline, propane gas, natural gas. So uh, and it was the same exact engine and they converted it back to gasoline. So it's simple to do. You just got to get automakers to buy into it and gas stations to reconfigure their. Their places of business a little bit, make sure everybody doesn't get hurt in the process. Those just like transitioning off Obamacare. It's not as easy as it sounds, but it's doable. And to free market health care savings accounts. I was just so disappointed to see the president-elect nominate Congressman Price to serve as Secretary of Health and Human Services this morning. When it comes to issues like Medicare, the Affordable Care Act, and Planned Parenthood, Congressman Price and the average American couldn't be further apart. Between this nomination of an avowed Medicare opponent and Republicans here in Washington threatening to privatize Medicare, It's clear that Washington Republicans are plotting a war on seniors next year. Every senior, every American, should hear this loudly and clearly. Democrats will not let them win that fight. After the 2004 elections, Republicans tried to take the rug out from under our seniors to privatize Social Security. And now, after the 2016 elections, it seems they're intent on trying the same trick on Medicare. 
Just as their efforts failed then, they will fail now. We say to our Republicans who want to privatize Medicare, go try it. Make our day. Ah, he's so tough, that Chucky Schumer. I'm, I'm shaking in my boots. It's clear that Washington Republicans are plotting a war on seniors. By the way, when he's talking about what Medicare was, the Republican plan was a 7% increase every year for seven years, twice the rate of inflation. But the cut, what they described as a cut, was a reduction in projected increases. So what Democrats do, just like every four years during elections, they like to play identity politics and It's black versus white, old versus young, rich versus poor. I mean, they divide the country. And then when Republicans win and their fear tactics don't work, then they try to scare the country. And in this case, they're trying to scare senior citizens. But it is kind of the height of irresponsible, irresponsibility for the Senate Minority Leader to go out there and say that Washington Republicans are plotting a war on seniors. Now, one of the things, one of the big areas of disagreement between Trump and, say, Paul Ryan is, you know, most of the money that is spent by Washington is non-discretionary spending. In other words, money that's already been promised. Washington already squandered the Social Security lockbox money and they put it in the general fund and they spent it. They spend it because then they get their power by giving people whatever whatever projects they're bringing back to their individual districts. So now Social Security is headed for bankruptcy. It's a big part of the budget. 18 years done. Medicare not far behind that. And so the the plan is Washington Republicans are plotting a war. Let's say I live in the villages. We've been down in the villages. I love the villages. The villages get lifetime golf. Wait, can we talk about what happened at the villages when we did the radio show there? Yeah, what? So do you, oh, you probably don't remember this. So <laughs> we're there, we're tired, whatever. And it's like, it was, it was like 11 in the morning and you went to one of the bars with all the vets and. I drank before I went on the air. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I remember. So we're in the studio. I don't know if you remember, but the way it's situated is it has all the, uh, well, the windows, people walk by and they can look right in. Yeah, I was like a, a you know, fish an ball, animal fish like, in a fishbowl. Yeah, a fishbowl. So, I was like at the zoo, except I was the animal. Right. So I think it was just me and you and probably James coming in and out. And <laughs> they're just walking by with like pina coladas, <laughs> Bloody Marys. And they're like knocking at the window. But, they were, but they were having a blast. My, it was hilarious. I was listen, like, oh I don't God. make fun of My mother-in-law now lives down at the villages. So I got to call her and let her know that the Republicans, led by Donald Trump, are plotting a war on seniors. Now, I mean, what does this mean, a war? When I think of war, I think of what well, we better arm ourselves, protect ourselves. A lot of vets down there, we, we met them in the bar that morning, and it was morning, and then we met them at the bar. And remember, we had the shower just before TV. It was a, oh, it was a downpour, just as the TV show's about to start. I think Marco Rubio was there with us at the time. And but I love the villages is great. They got all these golf courses. They got all these beautiful homes. All these people they drive around in these souped-up golf carts. That's how they get around the villages. And funny thing is, if you drink and drive in a golf cart, you get pulled over. You get a DUI. Couldn't believe the head of police told me that. I said, "You gonna give the old people a DUI?" Because yeah, they all know they can't drive intoxicated in their in their. You know, some of them are like. Imagine a golf cart like a 57 Chevy. 
Imagine a golf cart that's all pro-Trump or all pro-Hillary. I don't think there's many pro-Hillary ones down there. But the villages are awesome. You got golf and tennis and softball and baseball. And, I mean, you got bars and shopping and great medical care. I mean, it's an awesome place. And, you know, too many old people, I think, stop living when they retire and they don't have fun anymore. And so for, I think, people to go down there, they, they all get together. They play cards. They play golf. They do their thing. They drink. They eat. They go to sleep. And they go to church. And they, they have a great time. I think one of the weirdest rules down there is you can't have kids down there permanently. <laughs> it's like, no kids allowed. We've had enough of them. Uh, so I, I don't know. Do we have to tell the people at the villages now that they better start arming themselves because a war is going to be waged on them next year? We're going to have to call. I guess we'll call the vets down at the bar at the villages and tell them they better they better pull out from their closet the old weapons from the, the good old days and, and get ready because get their muskets out and get ready to fight. This is this is asinine. right after they have that drink. Oh, you found the commercial. Neighbors stroll the old town square and the good life is in store. Right now, I'm thinking I want to retire. Hey, I think this is my first eligible year at 54. I think you have to be 54 to get into the villages. So, what? So you're finally feeling your age now? Uh, Shut up, out of you, Mister Coyote Ugly. I'm under contract. I'm not going out of the villages. Dog tracks. I listen. I just think it's kind of a my my mother-in-law just moved down there because all her friends are down there, and so all right. So there's all these rumors about the villages. Have you heard these rumors? That if like a women are wearing a certain color, that that color means that they're looking for a date. What the date means, just like the word hookup. I have no idea. So many different meanings of the word hookup. It depends what it depends what definition you use. Why you why you what you've never heard this discussion before? Well, it's true. Apparently, if if women are looking and available and willing to date, then they have a certain color so that men can identify them as being single and available and wanting, you know, that that, that woman in particular is probably not sick of men by that What's point. What's the in her color life. you wear to say "Buy me a Bloody Mary now"? <laughs> I don't know what What's it the is. The color I want to know. <laughs> Maybe red with you know black pepper on the side. Little I don't green know. olives on the, on yeah, the shoulders. Exactly, <laughs> something like that. But so what? So why can't old people have a good time? So I was constantly. All over. So you know the, you know what color you're supposed to wear today. Are you wearing the right color? Because you're single. Stop it. Stop it. That's what she keeps saying. Stop. 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 And she keeps yelling. I'm like, come on. What's this? You nice guy at the villages. You can meet him. You can go out on a date. You can have a couple of drinks. You can have some coffee after. It'd be great. You have to hold hands in the golf cart. It'd be amazing. A fun date. Go play golf the next day. Retirement, I think, is hard. I don't know if I'm I'm ever going to be suited for retirement. What? What? Oh, you think I am? Well, I got one shake in his head, no. One shake in their head, yes. What do you say? Yeah, I'll go I ahead. think you're going to go crazy if you retire. That's what everybody that's close to me says. What do you think, Jason? Oh, you can't help yourself. I mean, you, you're probably going to end up building Linda's restaurant. From the <laughs> you're probably out. right. No, I definitely think if I'm in the villages, I'll be riding around the golf cart doing a talk show to myself. And people say, there's the crazy ex-talk show host driving around talking to himself. 
Fending off all the 90-year-old women. Oh, that's Sean from the Villages, you're on next. Hello, John. Yes, hi, John. Now, Sean, I want to talk to you about the golf here is horrible. See what they've done. They're paying. We're paying extra taxes for our golf. They told us it was free for our lifetime. We need you to to lead the charge to to keep golf free here at the Villages. (laughs) Anyway, there's about to be a war against the old people in the country. I don't know whether to laugh or cry. This is the same predictable crap that you'd always expect out of Schumer. But nobody in the in the left alt radical media, they're not going to call him out. Well, Chuck, do you mean a real war on seniors? Do you mean should the people of the villages should they pull out their their shotguns and their and pull their, their muskets, muskets and their pistols and get ready for the war that's coming to them? Donald Trump leading a charge on a horse down to the villages? This is so asinine. It's unbelievable. It is. It's just this is where liberalism is. You know, everyone's upset that Donald Trump made the comments about flag burners. Oopsie daisy. Hillary co-sponsored a bill to put flag burners in jail. Oh, sorry. It's only good when a liberal does it. It's only okay when a liberal does it. I don't know what to tell you. You know, uh, I just can't believe these people get away with this rhetoric. No one calls them out on it at all. The anti-Trumpers now plan an all-out assault. These are these anti-Trumper people here. They're still around. Bill Crystal and Stephen Hayes and who are all the anti-Trumpers? Uh, the NRO people and the Wall Street Journal people. You notice they're not writing about me lately. Anyway, they're now planning an all-out assault on the Electoral College. Let me just tell everybody right now that if Donald Trump wanted to push up the popular vote, he could have just gone to California, New York. Illinois and, and all the other countries where there's high-density populations fought for some of the vote, and he would have won the popular vote. I'd have zero doubt about it. Zero. Yeah, would Hillary Clinton have picked up a phone and saved 1,000 jobs at, at carrier air conditioning? I doubt it. <laughs> all right, let's get to our busy phones. Uh, Steve in Maryland. What's up, Steve? How are you? Hey, Sean. You're a great American. Thank you. Yes, sir. What's happening? Uh- I was calling because I was in my car driving along, and I heard you talk about carrier and buying a carrier air conditioner next time. This is a 2011 Ford Escape, and that's the reason I bought it. They didn't accept the bailout. And I made a point to all my family and friends, social media, everybody, that I would buy a Ford vehicle next time to say thank you to Ford for not taking that bailout. Good for you. I just want to keep American workers working. That's my my heart is. And I got to tell you, there's no difference in quality in any of these cars now. They're so Look, I just keep buying the Cadillac Escalade because that's the only car. I'm a creature of habit, in case you haven't noticed. I eat the same lunch every day, usually the same dinner every day, unless I go out or something. But I'm a creature of habit. Well, I'm with you. I appreciate it. I want to thank you for saying right, that. I want to thank uh, Carrier and... Uh, me and too. Go to the villages next. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be, you better bring your musket. Bring your musket down to the villages. By the way, you know what Hannity? You know what the headline's going to be on media later today? Hannity calls for insurrection at the villages. Hannity says, "Pull out your muskets. Get ready because the war against the old people are coming." Oh, Daisy in Tampa, Florida. This is just too easy. On WFLA nine seventy. What's up, uh, Daisy? How are you? Hello, Mr. Hannity. I'm great. How are you? I'm good. What's okay, happening? So I wanted to call because I heard you talking about Carrier and the Forgotten Man. Uh-huh. And I am the dreaded millennial that you talk about. Not, you're not a dreaded millennial. I feel sorry oh, for millennials. Oh, it's it's a trying argument on a daily basis when I tune into your 
broadcast. But that's not what I'm trying to talk about. Okay. I want to talk about this forgotten man. I feel like I'm forgotten. I'm 18, I'm in school, and I don't think anyone's talking to me. I, I don't. I, I don't agree with the Democratic Party. I don't agree with the Republicans, and I feel lost. I'm going to be out of school in a few years with thousands and thousands upon dollars of debt, and I don't know what to do. I feel like no one is talking to me, and I feel forgotten. All right. I was talking about you during the election. Remember I kept saying American men, 18 to 34, one in six are incarcerated or living in mommy's basement. Remember I talked yeah. about that? And you're 18, right? So you're going to what, college now? Yes. Okay. What do you study? Oh, gosh, this is going to be a laugh from you. But environmental conservation and sustainability. Okay. Here's my advice for you. Okay. Get your degree, but maybe you don't go to the most expensive college because it's you might want to reconsider the, the 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 field of endeavor. But look, environmental sciences are fine. Maybe look, I'm not against saving the environment. We got to have clean air and water uh, for our kids. So that's important. But that but the, the environmentalists lie, and they usually have an agenda behind it. Here's the deal: you need to do your best in terms of getting a degree at the best cost benefit ratio maybe you don't go to the very expensive school if you can't afford it maybe you go to the more community school or the state school you have great state schools down in florida and what you do from there is get you know look into what are the fields that are most in need right now go to go to our friends you can look online at uh expresspros.com slash job genius and they have all the different fields that are going to be in demand in the next couple of decades take a look at it make a decision based on that you got to find something you love to do. I mean, this is my 30th year in radio, 21 years in TV. I am not, I love my job. I love what I do. I feel honored to be here every day. You got to find something that gives you some sense of accomplishment and reward so that you're going to be able to do it for decades of your life because that's what the grind of life is. And, yeah. and I would just say, don't worry. You don't have to worry so much about everything that, because you can't. You know, let's just hope we get to turn the country around. Let's hope more jobs are created. Let's hope we get more businesses coming into the country. You know, you're in Tampa. Tampa's a growing part of the country right now, all over Florida. You know what? You're going to be fine. Just just be smart with your money. Find your passion. Work really hard. Don't hang out with your stupid friends more than you have to, and you're going to be fine. All right? All right. And you can't worry about every aspect of your life. But if you do the right thing, get a marketable skill trade and services and goods that people want, need, and desire, you'll be successful. You will. I promise. Uh, and you sound like you have a wonderful personality. It became clear that the best way to stay competitive and protect the business for long term is to move production from our facility in Indianapolis to Monterey, Mexico. Relocating our operations to Monterey will allow us to maintain high levels of product quality, high competitive prices, and continue to serve the extremely price-sensitive marketplace. I want to be clear, this is strictly a business decision. I'll tell you what, I would go right now to Carrier, and I would say, I am going to work awfully hard. You're going to make air conditioners now. 
in Mexico. You're going to get all of these 1,400 people that are being laid off. They're laid off. They were crying. They were, it was a very sad situation. You're going to go to Mexico. You're going to make air conditions in Mexico. You're going to put them across our border with no tax. I'm going to tell them right now, I am going to get consensus from Congress, and we're going to tax you when those air conditions come. So stay where you are or build in the United States. And Carrier has to know that if they do that, and I'm not only speaking to them, I'm speaking to Nabisco and Ford and hundreds and hundreds of other companies. They have to know that there are consequences when you want to leave and fire all these people. And you're not just going to go to another country, make your product, sell it across our really weak borders because our borders are going to be so strong, folks. Our borders will be so strong. Believe me. Here's what's going to happen. Within 24 hours, I'll get a call, the head of carrier, and he'll say, Mr. President, we've decided to stay in the United States. All right? That's what's going to happen. All right, glad you're with us. Hour 2, Sean Hannity Show. Toll free, our telephone number is 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. All right, so maybe some of you are saying, well, a thousand jobs. Hey, what's a thousand? A thousand jobs. That's a thousand of your fellow citizens. That's their life. That's their future. That's their kids. That's their grandkids. That's them keeping their homes and cars and not having their life thrown into chaos with the worst labor participation rate since the 70s and the lowest home ownership rate in 51 years. So if that's a start, I'll take it. And the fact that somebody picks up a telephone and gets that deal done makes me happy. Makes me happy for for the people in Indiana. Makes me happy for the people that work for Carrier. Makes me happy that they they were planning on getting rid of some jobs at Ford and Trump picked up the phone there. And I'd like to see more of this. And let me tell you, the next time I need an air conditioner, as I said in the last hour, I am buying a carrier. And there's my way of saying, yeah, we need to support American workers, American jobs, American companies that are feeling the pressure because of government taxation or regulation to move overseas and get cheaper labor. Former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich, is with us. How are you? I'm I'm doing great, and I agree entirely with what you just said. It's refreshing to see a leader who cuts through all the baloney, goes straight at it, talks the language of business, convinces them to change what they were going to do. Uh, now I think the Congress has an obligation to follow through on some tax reforms and some things that I saw Steve Mnuchin talking about, the new uh, proposed Secretary of the Treasury. Uh, and uh, I think that uh, this was a very, very positive step in the right direction. You've had two companies, Ford and Carrier, have both changed their plans following uh, Trump's uh, election, and it's no wonder that you're getting a Trump rally on Wall Street when they see this kind of active leadership. Out of you know, we haven't had this kind of a president this active uh, since Ronald Reagan. I, I mean, it's a simple thing. You know, one of the things I pushed as a broken record last year, and I did it on purpose, and I did it because nobody else was doing it, and I did it because. To me, it was the strongest case to be made. I actually, you know, wish Trump had mentioned it as more often than he did. But he did mention it in some of his big speeches about all those people you heard me talking about in poverty on food stamps out of the labor force. You know, this these are millions of people, 50 million Americans in poverty, 50 million on food stamps, no opportunity, no hope, real poverty, real families, real suffering and real no, and real government interference into their lives through regulation, taxation. You know, look at the millions of jobs. I was looking at a plan. As a matter of fact, you sent me today uh, the appointment of Steve Munchen, who's going to be the Secretary of the Treasury, and you sent me what the agenda items are from 
the and what he's advocating for pro growth tax plan, modern regulatory framework, America first trade policy, unleashing American energy. I've been saying this for years. They even had the penny plan in, which I've been talking about for years as well as a means of curtailing this this massive government growth and spending every year through baseline budgeting. You know, I really I really thought reading that, that it reminded me of so many of your talks about the penny plan. I thought you ought to feel some pride of authorship uh, that you have a president of the United States who actually understood it and picked it up and said, hey, we're going to do it. You know, he actually asked me, this is going way back when he was first beginning the candidacy, because he's heard me talk about it. He said, all right, I've heard you talk about the penny plan. What's the penny plan? Explain it again. He actually was asking details. Now, to be fair, it wasn't my plan. It was Congressman Connie Mack at the time. I mean, it was the Mack penny plan, but who knew? who cares about credit but if we can eliminate baseline budgeting, what is the built-in increase usually every year? Six, seven percent all across government? No company grows like that, uh, especially with the debt and the deficit we take in every year, right? That's right. Yeah. What do you think? I, I saw that you were critical of um, of the president-elect tweeting randomly, as you called it. Yeah, I look, I, I think what he tweeted the other night was, one, factually wrong. And two, I, I, I'm for him tweeting. I think... One of the refreshing things we get uh, from from President-elect Trump is, a, is an engagement and an involvement. But I think he needs to have one person who is sort of his editor-in-chief just to, just to check. And every once in a while, you know, not, not often, but about 5% of his tweets, he'd be better off not to send. I mean, the other 95% are terrific and they're useful. And I noticed, for example, he sent a whole series, I think, of four tweets explaining that, that he and uh, his kids are going to have a press conference on December 15th, laying out how they're going to handle the business in order to both protect the country and allow uh, him to uh, get totally out of the business, which I think is the right thing to do. Um, so I, I'm for him tweeting, and it's a very effective, very powerful technique. But I do think that when you're the president of the United States, the cost of being wrong is radically higher than when you're a candidate. When you're a candidate, people can shrug it off. But people all around the world look to the President of the United States and, and have to believe in the in the seriousness and in the purposefulness of what he's saying and what he's doing. And I think that he when he undermines that, he doesn't just undermine it for the one tweet. He he, he undermines it for everything he's doing in a way which is, I think, harmful to him. Yeah, but you know what? I do think you're right. I mean— I've been taking a lot of heat because I'm saying maybe it's time to rethink the entire relationship now that we have now that we've had the revelations from WikiLeaks about CNN colluding with Hillary Clinton and NBC colluding with her and Martha Raddatz, the moderator of a debate, crying when it's announced that Trump is the president elect and uh, Politico and The New York Times giving Hillary an opportunity to edit pieces before they go out in all your years being you know, a media figure. Were you ever given an opportunity by Politico or the New York Times to edit a story they're doing about you? No, look, it's it's, it's unimaginable. And I, I shocked some people in the press yesterday because I said, frankly, uh, I thought that Ari Fleischer, who wrote a very good uh, article in the Wall Street Journal, is onto something when he talked about rethinking the entire way that we operate uh, in terms of the White House um, press operation. And I think that we ought to consider democratizing it. You know, a big part of what Trump is all about is getting beyond Washington. Well, 
There are a lot of steps you could take that would open up the White House press operation, and you could do the same thing for every cabinet office. So, for example, there's no reason that the same reporters from the same institutions sit in the front row every time. You have something like 575 members of the White House press corps. You could rotate all of them. There's no reason you couldn't put in a, a Facebook capability and allow citizens around the country to ask questions in the White House press conference. There's no reason you couldn't allow local reporters to be accredited all across the country and let them come on Facebook and ask questions. Uh, you could really dramatically open up the White House with that kind of creativity in a way that I Listen, think you know, is very, I'd, very healthy. I'd open up this radio show. We're on 550 stations. We're in every state, almost every city across the country, big and small, and, and allow the president to do a fireside chat and take calls from the American people. If he'd want to do it, I'd air it on radio and TV. I mean, there's all sorts of ways. But if you are found, if you're one of these networks that colluded with the Clinton campaign, very specifically, let's say CNN, where... You're, you have somebody providing questions to Hillary before a, a town hall or that you're calling the DNC to at, get questions to ask Donald Trump or Ted Cruz. Or if you're, you know, any of the other examples that we have, NBC or ABC or, or The New York Times, et cetera, I almost feel like you, sh you don't necessarily just because it's you've historically had that seat if you're shown to have colluded and you're an openly supporting the the democratic party why do you get a seat there in, to begin with i i, I well, don't even see the need for it yeah I, I think i think first of all as you point out give somebody a breakdown crying you know we had this happen to us in 1994 oh, I, I, I remember news media is so shaken i remember one famous correspondent sitting next to one of our members about three months later, said to him, I've almost gotten over being angry at you guys beating Mario Cuomo. Wow. And, you know, the, the people are saying, wait, let me get this straight. You're supposedly the news media, but you're so committed to the Democrats that you were offended. Listen, I, I before, just... before you ever took office, and correct me if my time frame is wrong here, wasn't it that winter, that Christmas, that they had you as the Gingrich that stole Christmas? Before you ever took off as a speaker. Oh, yeah. It was, it was great. We had Time Magazine had me as Scrooge. Yeah. Holding Tiny Tim's broken crutch because I was, I was so mean. I didn't just steal the crutch. I broke it. And the title was, How Mean Will Gingrich's America Be to the Poor? And they could tell it wasn't biased because it was a question. Oh, okay. That, that, the question later, that made all the difference, right? <laughs> right. A week later, Newsweek caught up by having me as a Dr. Zeus figure on the cover, and the title was The Grinch That Stole Christmas. You know, it's funny because you know what Chuck Schumer said yesterday in relation to Tom Price, the Republican from your home state of Georgia, saying, it's clear that Washington Republicans are plotting a war on seniors next year. Now, what I said earlier, as I said, well, I guess this probably means they're going to start in the villages in Orlando. And what they're going to do is they're going to send in an army, the army, the Air Force, the Marines, the Coast Guard. Everyone's going to go in. And I guess all those all those retired people down in the villages are going to have to pick up arms and go against Donald Trump and his army. I mean, this is this. They haven't changed since you became speaker. No. It's the same well, talking and course, points. And of course, you just saw Nancy Pelosi get reelected. Yeah. Look, these are people, somebody once said of the Bourbon Kings uh, that they forgot nothing and they learned nothing. I think what you have is a Democratic Party so trapped in left-wing delusional thinking that all they can do is make up fantasies. The fact is that, that Chuck Schumer has no public policies with any support. 
Nancy Pelosi has no public policies of any support, so all they can do is attack Republicans unendingly, even including the new president. Yeah, but I think I don't know if this is going to work on Trump. Number one, I think Trump's going to push back. I didn't go to the meeting, but I know people that were in the meeting. You know, you know that he brought in all of the correspondents and all of the network heads and he just leveled them as liars, as in the camp of Hillary Clinton. And and they're not to be trusted. And they did a disservice to the American people. I mean, that took a lot of guts, but it's also true. You know, the media is now fixated on what they think fake news influenced this election. And I'm like, well, if you're colluding with Hillary, you're not a news organization. By definition, that's fake news. That's commentary. And they're not honest about it. I give commentary, but I'm honest. Well, and of course, some of these networks are so biased and some of the papers like the New York Times are so biased that they actually live in an alternative universe. I mean, they don't think they're biased because they believe in the world they're describing, even though if it's totally funny. Yeah, you had this experience yesterday, and as you know, I wrote a novel called Treason about terrorism, about people who are pro-ISIS, and I'm doing a piece right now because they just arrested a German counterintelligence officer who was plotting on behalf of ISIS attacks in Germany. This stuff's all real. So you go to Columbus, Ohio. You have a guy who is a Somali refugee who has been on a variety of extremist websites who on his own Facebook page posts that that the Westerners have to die because of what they've done to Muslims, who who tries to run people down and then turns around and runs down the street with a knife cutting people. And the first reaction is, gosh, we're not sure what his motivation is. And you just have mm-hmm. to say to yourself, no wonder yep. it's impossible for us to win the war at the present time when our elites are this desperate to avoid reality. All right, Mr. Speaker, we'll see you tonight on Hannity. Thanks so much for being with us. And uh, this is going to be an interesting time. If they're saying that Republicans are plotting a war on seniors, this is the first shot across the bow about the insanity of the rhetoric that we're going to be hearing. So we're going to have to be, you know, I think I'll do. I think I'm going to send coloring books and Plato to every congressman, Democratic congressman and woman in Washington, because they're going to, they're going to need a lot of therapy for the next year and help. And maybe I'll send hot cocoa pa- packets to them all. All right, eight hundred nine four one. Sean is our number. All right, before we get to our phones, as I promised, let me play the fake news montage that I had promised. A lot of people have no idea that Trump is headed for a historic defeat. That's why I think the larger the defeat, in a sense, the healthier it will be for the Republican Party, at least if it doesn't bring. Paul Ryan's speakership down with him and there's a kind of healthy divided government because it might be a wake-up call to those Republicans who have existed in this little thought bubble of their own that uh, this isn't a winning form of politics. Um, Then this election, uh, not only does Florida fall to Hillary Clinton, but this election overall, um, I could, you know, we we could be talking landslide. And so um, Hillary Clinton today is more likely to win in a landslide that would not only have an impact on this race, but realign the country politically to some extent that Donald Trump is to win narrowly or at all. I mean, let's say it is a four-point margin. That would translate to an electoral majority and probably electoral landslide for Hillary Clinton. Margin of error, that means margin of error. This could be tight or it could be a landslide for Hillary. Okay, so everybody is saying, most analysts are saying that Hillary Clinton's going to win in a landslide and that Ohio won't much matter this time around. You You know, this collapse of support among women that you talked about in Senator... If that spreads among women voters all across the country, he's going to lose by a landslide and, and they could lose the Senate and the House. GOP officials now fear that if Donald Trump loses by a landslide, he could take down the congressional majorities with him. Not only am I concerned about the presidential race, I'm concerned about what the impact on down ballot races, including. Being uh, overly the cautious just because I'm trying to be a little risk averse. 
in my predictions, but I think that she's going to have a very good night. So the technical term for that, if she's anywhere near your prediction, would be blowout. Landslide. Mm, I give a landslide. I don't know. You call I would that a say, landslide. I would say a landslide. I would say a landslide. My bad. That's, that's a real actually. Yeah. And when I say fake news, I mean stories that are designed to trick people into believing lies. Let's be clear. Donald Trump will lose the election. Right now, Donald Trump will lose the election. I mean, if you look at the battleground states right now, Donald Trump's going to lose. That's this is different what Donald Trump's doing. It's sinister. It reeks of Joe McCarthy. Texas is still competitive. Is the, is the election over? I mean, a lot of political scientists would say, at, th at this point, nothing matters. Today, Citibank said, if Trump's elected, the market will go down 3 to 5%. If Donald Trump wins the election, the stock market will tank. And that would hurt the stock market. If Trump were to win, you know, the stock, stock market would go down. You know, one of the pillars of the infamous blue wall. Think about if she can hold there, that's a key part of that blue wall. Trump clearly going after that blue wall. It's whether Hillary Clinton's going to win by small margin or whether we're going to essentially annihilate Donald Trump. I think Hillary will win. And most analysts are saying that Hillary Clinton's going to win in a landslide. I still think it's likely that Hillary Clinton will win. 38 or 40 percent of people, roughly speaking, are going to have voted for, for Trump. And if Donald Trump does lose, particularly if he loses in the face of a, a massive turnout from Latino communities. But there's an invisible surge with Latinos. The surge of the Latino vote, that that's going to be enough. The surge in Hispanic Latino voting. This is the number right here. We're all going to be talking about after the election. It is the Hispanic vote. But the surge of Latino voters. African American voters and Hispanic voters and college educated white women especially are coming out in droves. He claims that the media is lying and that its reporting cannot be believed. So Donald Trump will lose. They're the most basic pure form of fake news. Alright, so fake news. Would fake news be a quote news organization feeding questions to Hillary? Would fake news be, let's see, a news organization going to the DNC to question the other side like Donald Trump? Would fake news be allowing one candidate access to articles by the New York Times and Politico before they're actually sent out publicly to give them an opportunity to fix it the way they like it? Yeah, that's fake news. Would fake news be somebody moderating a debate and then when Trump wins, they're crying on national television and he won? I can't believe it. <laughs> Would fake news be, you know, John Harwood consulting the Clinton campaign and he's a moderator, then brags how he got under Trump's skin in one of the debates? Yeah, that's fake news. All this fake news nonsense. That's fake news. They're not news organizations. You'd say, well, Hannity, you give news. I do, but I don't say I'm an object objective news organization. I'm an advocate. I do a talk show. I give opinions. Uh, Linda, do you think there's anybody that doesn't know that I am a conservative? You think there's anybody in the country that doesn't know? That you have to talk. You can't nod your head. <laughs> Sorry. No, I'm still laughing at the fact that all the people claiming that there's fake news were just sound bites of them delivering fake news. No. It's just overwhelming, and they probably do think you're lying about being a conservative. They probably think that, you know... I'm a that, closet liberal? Yeah, probably. No, but the thing is, I'm honest. I tell my audience, and yeah, by the way, I'm all for work, opinion. You know? Newspapers have editorial pages. I'm an editorial page. I give opinions. The editorial page, op-ed pages, you have opinions. But that's different from the news side. Yeah, unfortunately, what happened in this election cycle is that the news side became an editorial side. So oh. really, you're the news and they're the opinions at this point. It's so true. It's sad. Listen, I think I'm more deserving. Could you imagine 50 Sean Hannity sitting in the press room right now for Barack Obama? 
Because basically every news organization that's going to be there going after whoever the, the press secretary ends up being, they're going to be going after that person advocating for Hillary. And their argument is, well, we need to ask the tough questions that you're not asking. And I'm like, no, you don't. Because everything you do has an agenda and a, and a tilt and a switch, and you want to hurt the president, and you want his agenda to fail. And if Chuck Schumer says it's Washington Republicans are plotting a war on seniors, who's going after Chuck Schumer, the number one Democrat in the Senate, and saying, hey, Chuck, what do you mean by war? What does war mean? I was just so disappointed to see the president-elect nominate Congressman Price to serve as Secretary of Health and Human Services this morning. When it comes to issues like Medicare, the Affordable Care Act, and Planned Parenthood, Congressman Price and the average American couldn't be further apart. Between this nomination of an avowed Medicare opponent and Republicans here in Washington threatening to privatize Medicare, It's clear that Washington Republicans are plotting a war on seniors next year. Every senior, every American, should hear this loudly and clearly. Democrats will not let them win that fight. After the 2004 elections, Republicans tried to take the rug out from under our seniors to privatize Social Security. And now, after the 2016 elections, it seems they're intent on trying the same trick on Medicare. Just as their efforts failed then, they will fail now. We say to our Republicans who want to privatize Medicare, go try it. Make our day. It's just unbelievable. All right, Chris is in Edmond, Oklahoma. I've been there. Love it in Edmond. How are you? Good, Sean. How are you? I'm good. What's going on? Hey, uh, I don't have much time. Just wanted to let you know that there's a lot of strife going on out there between husbands and wives that find themselves on opposite sides of the table here, and uh, I'll be listening while I'm doing my job, but I'm just looking for some advice from you or your listeners uh, concerning basically getting past the anger and vitriol that's coming out of my family and my wife. Well, well, so what's happening? Since the election, what happened? Well, the night of the election, once it was called, she basically ran after me with a baseball bat saying, you people have destroyed the country. Uh, so I came straight back to work and it's just, whoa, whoa, whoa. Every so night. she literally chased you around your house with a baseball bat. She's that angry about Donald Trump. Did she try to hit you with the bat? No, sir. It was, it was just it, drama, just drama. But she was literally chasing you around the house with a baseball bat. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yep. I've been with her 20 years and I'm not going to give up easily, which is why I'm looking for advice. But. Her entire family and friends are offering her a way out because... What do you mean they're offering her a way out? Well, they don't believe that she should be with someone who... who Voted for Trump. Donald Trump. And so is she interested in the way out? I'm afraid she is. I'm afraid she is. And and I will never... And you you really want to stay with this woman who is... Who who's willing to destroy your relationship over politics, chase you around with a bat. You know, look, maybe I have it from a very different perspective. If somebody doesn't love me, then I don't want to be with them. If she doesn't love you, and if an election is enough to send her off the deep end, I'd say it's probably time to cut bait and, and say goodbye. Why do you want to be with somebody that doesn't love you? I understand. 
I just don't. Not, think I know you sound sad. I, I know you sound. You, you don't think she's what? I don't think she would truly give up, given some time to get past this. Well, the only thing. But, and how long you've been married? Twenty years. And how many kids do you have? None. Thank goodness. You don't have kids. Okay. Was she always a Democrat like this, or is this a recent phenomenon? No, sir. She's Orange County, California. So, yes, she's always been a Democrat. And I'm South Carolina, upstate. And uh, I was raised uh, Republican, strong Thurman. And uh, I just, you know, there, there's got to be a meeting point here. There has to be a meeting point. I don't here. think the problem is you, though. Because when Obama was elected, I assume she was happy, right? Correct, sir. And I and she was no, and, and you didn't go after her with a baseball bat, right? No, sir. I yeah. I I worked too hard to let that kind of. Uh, I just I don't have time for that, and that's part of the problem. Is we can't continue on with life. But I'm sure there are other listeners that you have that have gone through this, yeah. and uh, I just here's Mr. Hannity. I don't. Do you really want my? Up, and I'm not good at it. But I will. And, you know, uh, look, this is such a heartbreaking story. I don't I don't want to give you short shrift here. I'm going to spend some time with you. So here's here's my advice to you. And I think what I'm going to say, you're probably going to take pretty hard. So if you don't want me to say what I really think, I won't. It's up to you. I wouldn't have called if I wasn't ready. OK. And we have an audience of plenty of conservative women that probably would love a guy like you because you're nice, kind, sensitive and. You know, clearly you don't want this to happen, but here's the number one rule in any relationship. If you cannot make somebody love you back, you just can't. And if something like an election is going to send her into this kind of tailspin where she is going to choose leaving because she didn't like the way you voted, then I would tell her, well, if you're going to leave because you don't like the way I voted, there's the door. And if you're going to try and chase me around my own house and force me back to work because you're so upset over an election, there's the door. And I would say it's up to her. If you choose to stay and, and have a marriage and love me, then I'm willing to stay and have a marriage and love you back. But you're acting irrationally and, frankly, on the precipice of violence in our home and say, say so what I would say to her is there's the door. You're not forced to stay here. You can you can stay and have a marriage or if you want to be crazy over this election, go. And I know it'll hurt your feelings and I know it's not what you want, but you don't want to be in a position where you're held hostage in your own home and can't watch the news and can't enjoy any of the progress that that is going to come. Oh, no, 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 no. That life doesn't work that way. If she had no, it, if she had any any bit of love for you, she would congratulate you that your side won. And if you want to watch the news, I'm sure you have more than one TV in the house, right? Sure. Okay, you can watch the news on one TV, and she can watch soap operas or whatever she likes on another TV. Maybe she could watch reruns of Barack Obama's speeches. Well, <laughs> well I have one request to families and listeners, and no. that would be please. Stop attacking each other on Facebook. Yeah, the it's getting same, pretty ugly. It's uh, There's some the, ugliness out there. But you know the what? Same, you just don't pay attention to it. The same courtesy that we were all taught to pay each other when we're at work or in public about religion and politics should apply to Facebook. Well, you know what? You can't make people be nice, just like in the case of your, your wife. 
Listen, I'm just going to tell you a truth that you really don't want to hear. If she really loved you, she wouldn't care how you voted. If she really loved you, she wouldn't be giving you an ultimatum. She wouldn't be chasing you around with a bat. She wouldn't be leaving you over something so insignificant. And what I hear is a nice guy that is probably trying too hard to keep somebody who's not worthy of you. And if she decides to leave over an election, then good riddance to her. Go find a woman that's worthy of of the love that you clearly have to offer someone else. That's my my advice. I, I hope you'll... I, I hope you'll take it to heart, but I don't like to tell people how to li- live their lives. I don't, but you ask, so I'm giving you my best advice. Yes, sir. And um, I would give that advice to my own I kids. Will, I will keep you updated. All right, uh, yeah, please. Lauren was very nice on the phone. So. Well, I'll tell you what uh, we can do. Maybe if, if you end up breaking up with her, we'll try and find somebody else for you. <laughs> I think I'll take a, quite a break. <laughs> uh, well, I understand. But. All right, hang in there. Uh, listen, ha- listen. You, Sean, hang in there. Day. Don't let anyone else decide whether you're going to have a good or a bad day. You know, I'm right. just, I don't let people impact me. If you think I read these stupid comments that people write about me and that I feel bad about it, I, I don't. I don't care one bit. I'm not going to live my life caring what other people think of me. If I did, I would not be able to do this show in any way that was impactful or effective. As a matter of fact, I actually find it quite amusing, all of the incoming that comes on a daily basis. And especially, I love attacking back. They hit me, I hit them right back. Not physically, verbally. Before Tim continues, let me just say this, because I'm hearing the tone of this, and I really don't think it's very fair. We did not lose today. Today we won. We may not have won the position, but we want a caucus. We have now a leadership that listens to what we are saying. We have now a leadership that wants to be more inclusive and include more people from this caucus. We have now a leadership that wants to hear what we have to say, what we think went wrong, how we fix it. He didn't lose today. Today, we made a caucus more responsible to its members. And so for that, I congratulate him. One third of the members of this caucus had the courage to come out and say we needed a change. And I congratulate all of them. And for those who voted for our leader, I think that's great. I think she's a wonderful leader. But what I do know is when I go home, people are going to ask me, what did you do to make this better? Doing nothing doesn't make it better. But today, we won because they hear us. Who is the future of the Democratic Party? Um, well, I, I, don't, I haven't thought about that, Casey. Well, you know, uh, yeah, I mean some extent we, this is our leader this is who this is who our caucus chose and and we're going to support them we're all going to participate in leading the party i think now's the time where everybody's got to step up which again was part of why i wanted to do it you see this this crew here a lot of young members stepped up went public which is unheard of uh in in a political caucus like this for young people to stand up so we got a lot of people uh, that are ready to participate. I'll take one more question. How do you connect with white working class voters who voted for Donald Trump if your leadership is in New York? Well, we're going to have to figure that out. That's going to be part of what we got to figure out. And obviously that was my case that I made. You know, I, you know, we didn't win the day today, but as Marcia said, there's a lot more people who are participating. I think that the conversation is shifting to a more economic a conversation, and I think that's going to help all of us, and that's going to help us be able to try to win the House back. Because We have a responsibility, and we embrace the opportunity that is presented. We know how to win elections. We've done it in the past. We will do it again by making that differentiation. But again, this is so much bigger than politics. It's about the character of America. 
a responsibility to the people, our obligation to our founders, our gratitude to our men and women in uniform, and our respect for the aspirations of America's children and our families. So um, I have a special spring in my step today because this uh, opportunity is a special one uh, to lead the House Democrats, bring everyone together as we go forward. My heart is broken that we did not win the White House this time. Uh, uh, that is, it's, it's a pain, and, and not for me personally, but for what it means to the American people. So I would trade anything not to have this opportunity of opposing an administration. You say Congress has got an obligation to investigate whether or not Hillary Clinton or the Clinton Foundation did anything wrong. But if the top guy in your party is saying, you know, I, I don't know if I feel that strongly about it, why would you go forward with it? Well, we do have an obligation, not just any old obligation. It's a constitutional obligation. She obviously broke federal records law. At least I think she did. Um, and I, I come back to the basic standard. It's, it's equal treatment under the law in this country. That is the standard. And if anyone else would be investigated, then so should the former Secretary of State. So I think that's the right position for the House to take. As far as the administration goes, that's going to largely be a call for Senator Sessions when he becomes the Attorney General. If he thinks it warrants further, further pursuit, further activity, further investigation, then he can he can move in that direction. I certainly respect President-elect Trump's uh, statement, sure. but we have a job in the House and we should do that regardless of who's in the White House, regardless of what party it is. We should do our constitutional duty. That's what the American people expect. All right. There you have it. Nancy Pelosi only getting two thirds support. And they have decided in the Democratic caucus that some of the younger members want to go in a different direction. But it's the same old playbook. And we can hear it from Chuck Schumer. I mean, Chuck Schumer's out there today saying, well, it's clear Washington Republicans, they are plotting a war on seniors next year. Now, does anybody seriously believe there's a war on seniors being plotted next year? What is Donald Trump going to get in and he's going to get the Army and the Navy and the Air Force and the Marines and the Coast Guard and and they're going to go out into neighborhoods. Maybe they'll start at the villages down by Orlando where all these wonderful old people live. I've been down there. I love that place. They're so cool down there. They play golf. They, they have the. Listen, we went down there. Remember that? We were down there, Linda? And they would drink it in the bar at what? 11 o'clock in the morning. I had a beer with those vets. It was so much fun. And you're playing golf. You get lifetime golf, lifetime tennis. They play cards. They, they have activities and concerts and book signings. They have a blast. So I guess we're going to start at the villages, according to Chuck Schumer, because Republicans are plotting a war on seniors. Well, they tried it this year. It didn't work. And if they want to stay old and stale and cold and and watch the country prosper without them, that's fine. But I don't think scaring people is going to work. Anyway, joining us, probably one of the main guys that we're going to count on in the House of Representatives to make sure that there's going to be honesty, transparency, and that somebody's going to be looking out that the right agenda gets passed is Congressman Jim Jordan. He's the chairman of the House Freedom Caucus. How are you? I'm doing fine, Sean. Good to be with you. How do you interpret she only got two-thirds of the vote among her members? Well, I mean, I think some of them are wise enough. I mean, it's like uh, what would be the best. Uh, if Urban Meyer was 2-11 and 11 instead of 11-2, and two, he wouldn't be coaching the Buckeyes much longer. So Nancy Pelosi, they've lost everything at the state house, at governor's races. The Democrats keep losing. Here's the lady who's kind of the, seen as the, 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 the top of the party. But because they're such a hard left party these days, 
they continue to hang on to her. Now, at least one-third of them, I think, um, decided that they wanted to do something different. But um, I think it just shows that the Democrats are the party of the hard left, a party of these radical progressive ideas, and they're going to continue to be that. I think it, frankly, is to their detriment, as evidenced by what's happened over the last several years in state houses, in governor's offices, and in the United States Congress. Yeah, well, look, I just think they lost the election, and they're in quite a bit of disarray. And what are your thoughts on Keith Ellison, who's looking for a position in, in positions of power here? Keith's a nice guy. I've talked to him, but, uh, you know, I try not to get too involved in who the Democrats want to make as their party chairman. That's their call. I mean, they've had people like Howard Dean and all kinds of folks. And, of course, we saw what took place this past year where the whole uh, DNC was rigged in favor of Secretary Clinton to make sure she got the nomination. It wasn't even a fair fight on their on their side for Bernie Sanders or anyone else who was going to challenge Secretary Clinton. So uh, I'll, I'll leave that up to them, uh, who, who they decide is going to run that organization. I'm more worried about and more focused on Republicans doing what we told the voters we we're going to do, what the voters sent us here to do. That's what we have to be focused on as we move forward. Implementing those policies are going to help our country. What do you think of Steve Munchen for Secretary of the uh, Treasury? Don't don't know him well, but if if Mr. Trump thinks he's the right guy for that job, that that's fine. I, I think we should give a lot of deference to the president-elect and who he selects. I do know the two colleagues of mine that he selected I have the utmost respect for. I think Tom Price is a tremendous pick for HHS versus, I think, uh, Mike Pompeo, who I work closely with on the Benghazi Committee. In fact, Mike and I did a separate report, an additional report, to the main report of that uh, on that committee. I think he's a great pick for the CIA. So Mr. Pompeo, Mr. Price, two great selections. And I think overall, Sean, and, and you know, you look at who they've selected thus far – quality, quality people, the kind of folks you want in the government doing what uh, doing what we told we, the voters we're going to do and helping put the country back on the right path. I'm not worried so much about the House. I mean, I assume you guys have the votes. Everything's going to get passed fairly expeditiously, and that would include the repeal of Obamacare and its replacement. Yep. Uh, I've yep. known Tom Price for a long time. What do you think of his alternative plan? It's good. It's good. I mean, Dr. Price, I mean, he chaired the Republican Study Committee. He's a conservative. He's a physician. He's the right kind of guy for that job. He, he has been an advocate of getting rid of Obamacare from the get-go. And I always remind folks, remember what Jonathan Gruber told us about how they lied to us? This thing has got to go. Dr. Price has been out front speaking about why this has got to go uh, from the get-go. So um, I think he's an outstanding pick and is going to be the right kind of guy at that agency to help us take get rid of Obamacare and replace it with uh, the type of plan that he's put forward, which empowers people uh, and not, not the folks here in the, in the D.C. bureaucracy. You know, Munchen actually laid down a marker about what it is that they're going to do, and he said they want a pro-growth tax plan in which every income yeah. group is going to get a tax cut, lower-income Americans, which is about over 50 percent of, of working Americans, won't pay any federal income taxes at all. They're going to have a modern regulatory framework. They think that can cut costs to our economy at $2 trillion a year. They're going to put an America-first trade policy in place. Uh, I liked what I saw with Carrier deciding to stay. By the way, I'm going to buy my next aircraft conditioner is going to be a carrier air conditioner. Good, good I am, for you. Good for you. You know, unleashing yeah. America's energy. They also, he mentioned the penny plan, where yeah. they're going to yeah. reduce a penny out of every dollar uh, that is non-safety uh, net spending and, and non-defense related, which I think is a great start. That shows some fiscal discipline. Yep. And uh, so I kind of like I like the the headline of it, and I think it's, it's certainly going to... No, you're, you're exactly right, Sean. I, I mean, look, this is the first president. President Obama is the first president since World War II not to have at least one year of three percent or higher growth. We've been bumping along at a percent, percent and a half of growth. You just, you cannot deal with a $20 trillion debt when you spend like crazy and only grow at a percent and a half. So 
what they're talking about, the new Treasury Secretary and the Trump administration are talking about, is putting in place a tax code that's conducive to economic growth. So we get three, three and a half, four percent type of growth. That helps you deal with the $20 trillion debt. Then what you have to do is hold the line on spending, like the penny plan or something else, but just hold the line on spending and grow. When you're not growing, that hurts everything. And everyone knows our tax code is hurting growth and driving companies away from here, locating here in the United States. And so that, that rightly should be the focus uh, as we move forward so we can get our economy growing like it needs to be. I think the main things are this for the economy. I think the repatriated money, and I would even offer an incentive for multinational corporations to get an even bigger tax cut if they pledge to invest millions of dollars in jobs, factories, manufacturing centers in Ohio, Pennsylvania, yep. Wisconsin, Detroit in particular, so we can get these cities going. But if you add that to the savings people will have with hopefully healthcare savings accounts, the millions of potential jobs being created with energy independence, and then a 15% corporate tax. I, I don't understand how people don't realize corporations don't pay taxes. They yeah. just pass well, it on to us, the consumer. Of, of course. And and I, I love the plan that, that, that uh, President-elect Trump's putting forward. It's not to, to take the corporate rate from being one of the highest in the world to the middle of the pack. He wants to take our rate from the highest to the lowest. And, and until, until Barack Obama was president, companies wanted to headquarter in the United States of America. When Mr. Obama comes along, for the first time we see companies saying, you know what, think about Burger King and Tim Hortons. They said, we're going to headquarter outside of the United States. And why are they doing it? For tax reasons. So get rid of the ridiculous tax code, lower the corporate rate so, so it's the most attractive in the world. That's what Donald Trump wants to do. That's, that's the right kind of policy that's going to help create the jobs. And that's why folks in our state of Ohio, eight and a half percent win for Mr. Trump in our, in our state because they saw that this makes just good economic sense. How about energy independence? How much of that is going to be just through the stroke of a pen undoing burdensome regulation? And, and uh, will some of this have to go through Congress? Yeah, some will probably, but, but a lot of it can be just, just done with the with uh, exec, undoing some of these executive orders and, and having, for example, the Department of Energy. We all remember the loan guarantee program in the Department of Energy. Solyndra, Abound Solar, Beacon Power, all these companies that got your tax dollars, your listeners' tax dollars, and went bankrupt. That's the kind of BS that needs to go away. This, this idea that, oh, we're going to have this, this, this special program giving away taxpayer dollars to favorite corporations, this, this cronyism that existed, instead of a free market system oriented toward what works best and what makes us energy independent. Those are the kind of things we can go after and say this kind of program has to go in the Department of Energy. Um, that kind of work with the, with the right kind of people he's putting in place in these various uh, cabinet positions, that's how we can also undo some of the ridiculous spending and some of the things that hurt energy independence and hurts our chances for our economy to grow at the rate it needs to. Yeah, well, to me, this is the number one thing. If this election was about the Rust Belt getting their jobs back, we better get them their jobs back. Yep. And, yep. and I think this, look, I know the carrier, all right, we're talking about a thousand jobs. That's a thousand people that now don't have to go out into the labor force in a very competitive marketplace trying to get jobs. I, look, it's, yep. it's, to me, it's only a start, but it's a, a pretty darn good start. And I don't know of any other president that picked up a phone and said, uh, don't go, stay here. Yeah, Sean, we've, we've talked about this. My dad was a union worker for General Motors. My mom cleaned houses so our so their kids could get, get the chance to go to college. They worked their tail off. And those GM plants in Dayton, Ohio, are no longer there because we've had, I think, the wrong kind of policies in place on the tax code, on the regulatory side that have hurt the chances for those companies to stay in these locations and to grow and create jobs. That's what Mr. Trump has been focused on. That's what the American people saw. And that's why, again, you saw the, the, the results that we did in Pennsylvania, Ohio, Michigan, and Wisconsin through the upper Midwest. Because people recognize, look, let's focus on those issues that help 
the second shift worker and the second grade teacher who've been busting their tail and been left behind with this establishment in Washington who thinks it's all about Wall Street and all about the National Chamber of Commerce and not about regular families who are out there making America work. And that kind of focus, I think, is right on target. All right. Uh, we're going to be counting on the Freedom Caucus to hold these guys accountable, and then we'll see what Mitch McConnell's capable of in the Senate, which worries me somewhat. Anyway, thanks so much, Jim Jordan. You bet. My dear fellow Americans, we are all feeling tremendous anxiety with only a few weeks left to the election. This will be the most important election in American history. We were once a country of freedom, and now we're becoming a country of tyranny. We are witness to our own people burning down and looting our cities. Ferguson, Missouri, Milwaukee, Orlando, Florida, Baltimore. We are all witness to our own people killing our policemen. Islamic terrorists have killed thousands of people all over our country, and Hillary and Obama want to be politically correct and pretend all the killings are not happening. The pendulum of freedom is not balanced. Hillary and her followers are on a crude campaign to stop and degrade all of Trump's followers. Her words were echoed loud and clear for all Americans to hear. Hillary said, Trump's followers are a basket of deplorables. They are unredeemable. May God protect the real truth. And may Donald Trump win this presidency. He will save our America. And he will certainly make it great again. That was our friend, actor John Voight, releasing a plea to save America. He did this back in October. Now, the first thing I'm going to say is I don't know if you really understand how courageous it is for somebody in that industry in Hollywood to be so outspoken and so strongly conservative as John Voight has always been. But being one of the greatest actors of all time, it has not impacted his work. Thankfully, others have been impacted by it. Um, He called me yesterday and I said, you know what? What you did here has just been amazing. And I just you can hear it just he, he it's it comes out of his 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 inner soul how much he loves this country. John Voigt is back with us. How are you, sir? I bet you're very happy or relieved as I am. I am indeed, Sean. And, uh, you, you know, we go back a little bit. Uh, I can say that, you know, we've we've had many little adventures and and always I've been in, in awe of you. But I have to say thank you on behalf of, of the world, really, for all of the effort that you put in over the past months. Uh, there's nobody like you, Sean. And I, I know you'll give me a compliment and we'll, we'll trade this kind of thing. But, but really, there's nobody like you. You really did save the country. You were the only one, the only one who consistently stayed positive. You never wavered. You, you stayed true to Trump and everybody was against you and, and, and everybody was against Trump. You know, the whole, the whole world seemed to be against you. And there you were. Your God-given energy never wavered. And because of your relentless God-given energy and never wavering, you saved the world. That's the way I look at it. My, I have a little group of, of people, a family, very lovely family, and the father and mother of that family in their 80s now are completely crazy about you. And they kept saying, this guy should get the Nobel Prize. And, and, I, and, and yeah, I agree. Yeah, you're if being too Nobel nice. If the Nobel Prize represented you know, the truth, you would get it for sure. You know, it's very anyway. funny because I, you know, you, you just, I don't read a lot of the negative chatter about me. And I was very, very disappointed with all these never Trumper people and, you know, people yeah. that's, you know, people that were willing to let Hillary make the next Supreme Court appointment. And there's no such thing as a perfect person on the face of the earth. I've always said we've all sinned and fallen short. I know I have. And I yeah. just I, I looked at their arguments and I and then they would attack me that I was doing this for ratings and doing this for this and some other motivation. Imagine, huh? and, yeah. and But they don't understand me. 
And and I don't think people I think people understand you when they hear what you just said. And that is I don't like the fact that so many of our fellow Americans, Mr. Voigt, are suffering in poverty on food stamps out of work, out of the labor force, lowest home ownership, doubling our debt. And I just, I always like Trump's agenda. I believe that cutting taxes will stimulate economic growth. I love that he picked up the phone. When have we ever had a president or president-elect pick up a phone, call an American company and beg them to stay here? And now we saved, it's not, all right, a thousand jobs. It's still a thousand lives that are going to be better because carrier air conditioner, after calls from Donald Trump, decided to stay. Now, I'm only going to buy a carrier air conditioner the next time I need an air conditioner. You, you bet. Yeah. It, it, it's Well, you know, many people uh, contributed and, and, and uh, you know, like, uh, like our, our friend Ted Cruz came around and he, he in the end, made a, a difference. He was uh, one of those that was on the other side and then came out of silence and was uh, supportive. So, so many people, uh, you know, saw a, a way to contribute to this. Uh, but I still say you're, you're standing alone, my friend. You know, I your your energy. We counted on it. We counted on seeing Hannity at night. Uh, thanks. Get, get our spirits back. I'm telling you. There are even people I work with that thought I was nuts, just in case you didn't know. Well, but, <laughs> absolutely. You know, I know. Say, everybody was against you. Everybody yeah. was against Trump, and they were against you, for sure. You know, I, you I know. tried to warn America, Mr. Voigt. I tried to warn them back in yes, sure. in 2008 and 2012. I wish mm-hmm. I turned out being wrong. I wish, I wish we didn't have 13 million more Americans on food stamps and 8 million more in poverty uh, and the lowest labor participation rate. I wish I was wrong. I wish we didn't have a uh, guy that would make a deal with the Iranians like like he did and, and screw up the Middle East as badly as he did. But it, it turned out I think that was a big factor that kind of laid the foundation for an outsider candidate like, like Donald Trump. And what I keep saying to him in the times that I've talked to him just briefly since he won this election, I said, just keep your promises. Just that's all you have to do. Keep your promises, his plan for the economy, for energy, for health healthcare, for education, for immigration, for vetting refugees, for identifying evil in our time. That that's that to me is the answer. It was the ideas yes. that, that I supported more than the individual, because I think the right. ideas will work. Well, you can see that it's making, even even now it's making a difference. And they're trying to portray him in, as in chaos. He's not at all. He's way ahead of the game. He's ahead of the other two, the, the two preceding presidents in terms of making his picks, and the picks are making all the difference. Uh, this thing with carrier air conditioning had a lot to do with the with his choice for vice president, Governor Pence. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he has a tremendous team of people already assembled, and hopefully the next ones will be, you know, just as powerful. You know, it's, it's but, very uh, funny. I mean, I feel and, like... And, and, the, and the example of Donald Trump's winning is spread throughout the world. That in itself has become a, a motivating factor for countries throughout the world that says it's possible to get, you know, to clean things up and, and uh, take care of the corruption and, and uh, get, get into a prosperous mode. Listen. And take care of, you know, uh, and identify the enemy and, and uh, you know, provide a, a safe future for for our children. You know, I think you understand, as I do, this this whole middle America phenomenon. And that is, you know, yeah. I've, tra- I've traveled to every state except Alaska in this country. And I'm going to hopefully before I die, I'll make a trip up there and do a little salmon fishing or something. Maybe I'll, I'll call Governor Palin and, and go hunt a moose <laughs> with her. Um, but, right, right. But, but the thing that I love about meeting people is, you know, they remind me of my parents and my grandparents 
just good, solid people. You know, they believe in God, faith, family, country, and they're not perfect, but they work hard and they play by the rules and they pay their taxes and they provide goods and services for other people. And, right, you know, right. what I what I feel has been missing more than anything else is the rungs of the ladder that allowed, you know, Sean Hannity, a 10-year veteran in restaurant work, a 10-year construction worker, to climb that ladder and, and achieve dreams that I never even imagined. You know, I just want the rungs of the ladder put back up so everybody else behind me can call, climb up as well. You bet, you bet. And they, and they know it, Sean. People, yeah. people know your heart. You know, I was just excited to meet you early on, in, you know, several years ago, and to go on those uh, freedom concert that you established because you saw the waning of, of, of patriotism coming from, you know, the, the, our representatives, you know, and the people needed to be able to express their patriotism, and that allowed them the opportunity. And that those concerts were, are still cherished to this day. I get comments, you know, I wish those concerts would back. I wish Sean had come, you know, put those together again so we could express ourselves and have... Yeah, we might, you know, I might time. do one at some point. You know, one of the reasons is everybody's struggling and so much financially, I, I hate. Oh, listen! Yeah. I, I I hate asking people for money. I you know I can't tell you how many times people have come into my office. Hannity, I got a great idea. We're going to sell T-shirts and pens and and and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then, I'm like, get out of here with that stuff. I, you know, I don't really want to sell it. Right. And, but you'll make right. a lot of money. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't want to ask people to buy stuff. I just don't want to yeah. do that. It's just my own personal view on these things. And you know, the good news is, look, we have a long way to go. There, I think cleaning up this mess that this last president is leaving us is going to be a pretty monumentous task. And, you know, I think sure. Trump is up to the job. One of the things I really like about the guy is he never stops working. I mean, yeah, he's he's extraordinary, isn't he? When I talk he, to he, him, you know has, what time I talk to him? Sean, he has Sean Hannity energy, this guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, compared to the way he was campaigning his last few weeks with uh, with Hillary Clinton, she couldn't even stand up half the time. And she was doing like one to his 12 events. But right. I usually talk to him. The times that I do talk to him is like midnight. And it's the perfect time to call because well, he still wants to well. keep working. And, he, and he's still talkative, but everybody else that works for him is so exhausted, they've all passed out. And he's the I only know, one left standing. It's hilarious. I know. I've, I've seen him at the end of the days, you know, just occasionally I've bumped into him. And I've seen him at the end of the days when he's in California or some, some other place. And he's done five events across the country. And he's still as fresh as a daisy. I mean, as you say, everyone around him is exhausted. They just want to go to a bed. But uh, he does have an extraordinary energy. And uh, Yeah. And by the way, if you ever go on the plane with the guy, I've never, I only went on to take a tour of the plane once. I've never been on his plane. But you go on the plane, he's like, everyone that is on the plane that I've ever talked to, they're like, they want to sleep. And he's, but they can't sleep because he don't, he doesn't let them sleep. First thing he does is he eats either Wendy's or McDonald's or Kentucky Fried Chicken, which by the way, that, they're all my favorite. So I'm like, I want to be on that plane too. And, and then he's, he'll watch TV. And while he's watching TV, he's a secret for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> what, you think eating a lot of junk? Well, I'm doing better now because I'm in full training mode, and I've been doing my martial arts now for all these years. I, I don't eat it as much as I'd like to, but if I get a craving, I'll rush out to Kentucky Fried Chicken or, or Wendy's any day. I love it. That's great. That's great. How are you doing? I, now, I know you got the hit sh- show, Ray Donovan, on Showtime, and I know you've got uh, all your movies that you're doing. How's everything going yeah. for you? You work, you work Every- hard. Everything's good. Yeah, I keep going. I can see, you know, I just want to... This was a big blessing for our country and the people who worked as hard as we worked 
when, and I don't say that I'm. No, you did. You worked. Very, listen, energy. you put everything but on we, the line. We we are so I'm so grateful for this turn of events that the country has a new birth and it's going to be back in in a, in a situation where the, the world is is blessed to have leadership come from the United States once again. Yeah. And uh, from the founding principles that, that have given us so much prosperity and, and guidance, they're they're still intact. So anyway, I'm just in a grateful mode. I'm just so grateful. Yeah. And uh, and I when I'm and where I did you only in, yeah. in all of the work that we did? I know that you felt the same way. We're thinking not of ourselves. We're thinking, and especially myself. I mean, I'm toward the end of my life, and I want I want my children and grandchildren and their children to have uh, uh, have the blessing of the America that I grew up with. You know, I don't that's, want to. That's pass, all that matters. Pass on until I pass that on. You know. Well, really, at the end of the day, that's all that matters. So a lot of people said to me, Hannity, where were you on election night? You weren't working. Well, I never work election night. I did call in at one point, but I, uh-huh. I literally sit alone in my room, talk out loud a lot, looking at computers, and I'm looking at different counties, specific counties, Cuyahoga sure. County, Hamilton County in Ohio, uh, Broward right. County, uh, Palm Beach County in Florida. I'm looking at the Panhandle counties, and that's what I do. Where, where were you on uh, election night? Well, I was making a film, and I was I had to get up the next morning to shoot uh, on the film, but I stayed up the whole night. Yeah, so and, did I. Uh, and, I uh, and it was an amazing night. What an amazing night. It's one, the, the, this whole chapter is is one that uh, is going to be an interesting history for people to read in the future. You know, it's give them hope as well. I only get mad at myself for one thing. I was telling my audience for weeks, don't pay attention to the exit polls. And the second right. wave of exit polls came in, I actually said, we're done. I was I was furious. I was like I could I couldn't believe what I was reading. And yep. then uh, and my wife goes to me, "You keep saying don't pay attention to the exit polls. Why are you paying attention <laughs> to the exit polls?" Good for her. That's pretty funny. All right, uh, Mr. Uh, John Voigt, one of the great actors of all time. If you haven't been, picked up Ray Donovan yet, yet on Showtime, such a great show. I love your role in it. I love uh, your acting and everything you do. Thank you for being with us. Also, thanks Thank for being you. a patriot. I know you put everything on the line because it's not exactly. Uh, uh, it's not exactly PC in Hollywood you, to have you, your opinions. You did when you. Uh, that's the thing. You really were right out there, and as you say, not everybody at at Fox was in your corner on that either. And uh, you you led the way and became this uh, this ray of hope for everybody to, to you know to keep going. Uh, you're being so, really kind. I, God bless. It's, anyway, that I've said it over and over, but I, I'll keep, keep saying it. Privately as well, I tell all my yeah. pals that it, you know, Thank that's you. it. I mean, we know where it came from. Thank anyway, you, my, my lad. God bless love. you. Thank much you, my love. friend. Good all right, eight hundred nine four one. Sean, he's such a, a nice guy. I'm not that important. If I was, Obama never would have been elected, right, Linda? I would if I was that. But you know what? I, I think we were kind of on a tr- big tree, out on a big br- limb, out on a little branch, out on a little twig, hanging onto a little leaf. We kind of were out there a little bit on a alone. I'm so glad you're in shape because otherwise, exactly. We were hanging onto the leaf a little bit. You're like a wise old uncle, like like rich uncles, you know, just a yeah, wise but, man. But you know that all those never Trumper people wanted to come out the day after election day. With their middle finger in my face and the face of all the people that voted for Trump. And they, they're still, and I haven't been as vicious as I could be to them, and much to the consternation of some of my listeners. But Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. 
Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.